So I've been hearing this phrase y'all got over here that I ain't too crazy about. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. Y'all know that? Yeah. I disagree, you know? I think it's the lack of hope that comes and gets you. See, I believe in hope. I believe in belief. Now, where I'm from, we got a saying too. Yeah? It's a question, actually. Do you believe in miracles? Now, I don't need y'all to answer that question for me. But I do want you to answer that question for yourselves. Right now. Do you believe in miracles? And if you do, then I want y'all to circle up with me right now. Come on, let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm the ghost of Christmas present. This this week, week, we are covering Ted Lasso, season one, episode 10, The Hope That Kills You. This is the season one finale. Woohoo! We're already through season one. We did that quicker than we did with Lost. (laughs) I think we only missed one week. Um between now and Thanksgiving. And it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. So um, even though we got the dirty comment that said, oop, seems right for this podcast. Well, that person actually did reach out and say like they were literally kidding. Like they they weren't me too. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care either. You know what it proves? They listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's that's a very, very, very fair point. Yeah. Oh, Um, fan. It's a very fair point. Uh, so yeah, season one finale. We are at the end, and I want to. Before we get into the episode, man, I've rewatched this finale three times, and I want to say, if it's not already apparently obvious, God, I fucking love this show. It's such a good show. It's such a amazing, like incredibly well written. The characters, like it. Uh, it's the, there's just so much. Well, and the this episode, you know, the hope that kills you. It's we're gonna get a few mic drops from Steve uh, during his his feedback for sure because they say it a lot. But yeah, even though you know what's gonna happen at the end of this episode, you can't help but feel that hope at the end. Every like, it's, like, it's like Romeo and Juliet. It's like oh. He's going to wake up this time. <laughs> it doesn't happen. The boat's not going to sink this time the in boat's Titanic. It's not going to sink this time. Yeah. They're exactly. going to make it you through it. it. Yeah. Right. Like you're right. There is a, again, like <laughs> I, um, that, that still came through, by the way. No, oh, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. Um, look, it's natural. We all cough. It's fine. 
I'm having, so I'm having a coffee know, morning. <laughs> she she still muted her mic, but that cough was so loud it still came. <laughs> <laughs> Violet. Um yeah, like there's there's still like a great sense of hope by the end of this episode. There is again, I watched the episode like three times. I cried all three times. I cheered all three times. Doesn't matter, even though I knew what was happening, what was going to happen. This yeah. I cheered, I cried happy tears, I cried sad tears. Like it was doesn't it's matter. It's like watching Remember the Titans. Like I, this is just for my family, I guess, because we watch that movie all the time. It's one of my daughter's favorite movies. <clears throat> you can't help but to, like just get totally at any sports based, well written sports based TV show, movie, any of that. You can't help but get caught up in it. Like that's it, just it's human like nature. Me, it's like me with Real Steel. I'm the same way. Like even though it's yes. like it's a boxing movie, like and it's it's robot unboxing but still every time i watch that movie mm -hmm. when i get to the end yep and you see max watching his dad like shadow mm. box like oh like every time that movie gets me every <laughs> single time yeah so you know it it is the hope that kills you and and they really prove that in this episode right because the whole time you're like oh i believe in miracles ted lasso's going to do this blah 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 and then what happens we get really hopeful and then it get like it's that football that just gets what is it? The 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 football that gets pulled out at the when last Lucy, minute for Charlie Lucy, Brown. Yep. When yeah. Lucy pulls the ball for Charlie Brown. Yep. So yeah, it there's there's a lot that goes into this, the emotionality of this episode in particular. And you know, we've talked about in the past moments from this show, some we've gotten already and more to come, those moments that can make your emotions flip on a dime. Yeah. Like a sad thing that will happen. That will immediately make you laugh. Well, and, and you go ahead. No, and then I was going to say, but like this episode kind of proves the opposite, where we get these like great happy moments that make you flip the sad, and then it happens again. Like you get these great happy moments that make you flip the sad. Like it happens twice in this well, episode. You kind of get a little foreshadowing to that too in the very beginning when Nate thinks he's been fired, but he's really been promoted. So okay. Let's take that and let's dive into the episode. Okay. Because um, that's the first opening. <laughs> it's the opening of the episode. So right. before we do, obviously, we got to say we're going to try to avoid spoilers as much as possible uh, for the future of the series, for those of you that are watching, but <clears throat> are watching for the first time. But we will do a spoiler uh, section later. So make sure you check the show notes. Uh, so if you want to avoid that, you know to skip it. I just uh, yeah. apologize in advance because my voice is super gravelly. I'm coming off of some sort of a weird cold. So, well, it also didn't help that we were online for like an hour before we even started recording. Yeah, but we do that anyway. <laughs> That's this is true. Uh, but yeah, the opening of this episode is just a great, like, it's such a great moment for Nate. Mm -hmm. And I know that's hard for some people. Mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there's some stuff with Nate that's not so easy to swallow coming later. And I'll keep it as broad as possible. But you get a little <clears throat> inkling to who Nate is underneath his very shy and insecure exterior in there's this a, scene. There's a weird confidence in Nate. No, that, no. Oh. There, when he starts telling off Rebecca. 
Oh, good he call. He called her a shrew. Yeah, good call. We'll dive into that a little bit more in the spoiler yeah, territory, but, obviously. I mean, we do get, um, but if you have, even if you haven't seen it, even if you haven't seen the show all the way through, you we see a side of Nate we haven't seen before. Yeah. And that's when he confronts Rebecca. And it's and it's alarming. If you're if you're paying attention to the show, it's alarming. Well, because it's not it's something that Nate hasn't done before. Right. I mean, we've seen we've seen his nasty side with that amazing speech that he did um when he roasted all the players. Mm-hmm. But m- I think we're starting to see maybe that that wasn't more that wasn't a roast and more of a a way that he actually thinks because now we've got this where he thinks he's been fired and he feels like his back's up against the wall and he starts calling his boss a shrew and then she gives him a contract and I'm like, are we not, are we, okay, so we're bypassing, okay, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of overlooked because it's immediately followed by this happy moment. So right. it's kind of very quickly forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. There is something underlying there that is a little bit of foreshadowing for something that's about to come later, which yeah. again, we'll talk about in, in spoiler territory. Uh, but I mean, once we get past that and we get to that moment where he's offered a contract and he's now a coach, he's yeah. now officially a coach of the team. Yep. It It is a great moment for Nate. It's even better when you see that everybody Every member of that team, all of the coaches to Higgins and Rebecca, everybody is happy for Nate. The whole team. Yeah, it's such a great moment. It's such a great moment for Nate. And then I love I love the running gag of him blowing the whistle at the wrong time throughout the rest (laughs) of the episode. Did you also notice that his first game, he's the only one wearing a suit and tie? Was he? Mm-hmm. He's got it on <clears throat> underneath his Richmond jacket. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't take notice a, of it. Yeah, he's wearing a suit and tie. I mean, oh, he's okay. he's very serious about this new job that he has, and you can see that. And I, it's those little details that I love that Lasso never disappoints. Yeah. Well, I mean, even going back to that too. So before we even get to the moment with Rebecca and the contract, uh, we meet a new character right from the start of this episode, and that's Will. Uh, oh, Will, yeah. is, Will is the new kit man for AFC Richmond going forward because Nate is now a coach. He's no longer the kit man. Did you forget that Will came this early? Because I did. No, I didn't. I remembered Will comes in this episode. Okay, because I was like, Dave and I looked at each other and we're like, season one? Yeah. Like, we're just like, it blew my mind that he was a season one character. I thought he was season two character. Well, I mean, he is a tail end season one character. We only get him in two scenes this episode. This episode, so he, he is more prominent starting in season two. So I can understand that. Yeah, I can totally understand that. And his um, and I forgot. So keep going. Oh uh, well, and that I also flew out quick. <laughs> you already forgot what you were going to say. Oh, and Danny, Danny Rojas. I d- I didn't realize that he was. Like a first episode one. character, yeah. Well, he's not first episode. Second episode. Second episode. Was he that soon? Yes, because we both commented on it. Wow, I don't remember that being. Well, because I'm, I'm looking back at my notes. No, he's not season. He's not episode two. Is he? Hold on. I'm, I'm, I gotta. 
No, I don't think he comes in until like episode four. Feels like Christmas. <laughs> Stop that. Can't. So maybe you're right. I mean, maybe he I'm does. Right. Maybe he does come in that early. Anyway, I mean, again, we're already past it, so it's it doesn't matter if I'm right. But like I, I would have had a note in here that says meet Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas, Danny Rojas. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did you struggle a little bit getting I'm that out? I'm telling you, <clears throat> I, my cold is not great. <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It, we we know we get Danny relatively earlier than we thought. Um, but one of my other favorite things about this whole scene with, uh, you know, them presenting the whistle is the box that they present the whistle in. They because we saw very early. We saw earlier on like this the the money donation box that Nate created. He you know it's a very child looking box. Looks like it was created by a child because it was. I think he says like he made it with his niece or or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so the box that they present the whistle to Nate is very on brand for Nate. Yeah, you know it's it says like whistle box on it. Um, <laughs> But when they open it, it's presented in like the red felt with the AFC Richmond logo on it. And, you know, it's it's very on brand for Nate. And I just yeah. I love that they they took that consideration and made that for him. Yes. To make this presentation. Mm-hmm. Well, and and it just <clears throat> they what what we see in this last episode really um, especially if you're thinking back to the first episode to now, is that they've really come together as a team. They may be a team that's about to get relegated, but they are a solidified team and they genuinely care about each other right down to the kit man. And I think that that says a lot about the lasso way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you completely. They are, everybody is on board for pretty much everything that's being done now at this point, including Roy. Well, and okay, so we go into Roy and at, you know, you see that the captain, the captain struggle uh, conversation where they're, you know, passing the armband back to each other. (laughs) And he has the armband on top of his head. And he goes, this is why it's difficult to love you. And he's like, did you hear that? He loves you. (laughs) (laughs) He loves you. Well, even, even before that moment. So if you, I'm somebody when I'm on social media, I, if I'm using gifts, I always try and find like Ted Lasso gifts that go along with it. Yeah. That moment where they're going back and forth about the decision on captain, like Roy doesn't, Roy thinks Ted should get, should make the decision, but he's like, no, captain should do it. Uh, it's so funny to watch that scene because the interaction between Ted and Roy is fantastic. But watching Beard yep. in the background just get more and more interested yeah. as this progresses forward until that moment where Ted pulls the magic trick, the sleight of hand, throws it onto throws the captain's right. bandit Roy, <laughs> it lands on his head, and Beard does that whole surprise thing. Yeah. That is a meme now on social media, that particular is. moment. And I it it makes me laugh watching that scene too because that scene is just from both sides of it whether you're watching beard or you're watching ted and roy that scene is so damn funny well beard is an amazing person to always keep your eye on 
in any yeah. scene because he doesn't waste one second in the background. He stays in character. He stays delightfully weird. And he, what I love about him is that he is the encyclopedia that Ted needs for the game, mm-hmm. but he's also like his little Jiminy Cricket at the same time, his weird drug fueled Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you bring up the encyclopedia too, because we'll get to it shortly. But the moment during the game where they're talking about the offsides rule. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes, no, really, tell me. I I, I don't know. <laughs> well, but How I love, is that like, offsides? The following scene is Beard explaining it to him, but he's using it with like, he, he's using ketchup bottles and mustard bottles yeah. and vinegar to kind of take the place of the players to kind of explain it to Ted. Right. Um, but we're, yeah, we're kind of getting ahead too. But that, that whole conversation with Ted and Roy about who needs to be captain, who makes the decision right? is just, but you're right. It's followed up with, with Roy. Like, this is why it's hard to love you. And, and Beard and coach just being like, did you hear that? He loves, he you. loves you. He'll <laughs> be furious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great bookend to that. Yes. yes. Because that is kind of like, that is it. That is it for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love, I really love how they do tell this, this entire story. Like, like Jason Sudeikis said, okay, if we don't get picked up for season two or three, like, let's make sure that we leave on a hopeful note, but we also kind of closed up the story as well, just a little bit. Right. I mean, it begs for a second season, but if it wasn't mm-hmm. going to be well received and Apple decided to cancel it, it wouldn't be an incomplete story. True. Yeah, it leaves you, you with know, hope it, at the end. It absolutely leaves you with hope at the end. Yeah. Um, it leaves you with hope and it leaves you with the the realization that lessons have been learned. Yes. Um, from one character in particular, which we will absolutely get to that. Right. Uh, but like I like I remember getting to the end of this episode and realizing like how like f- with filled with hope and emotion that I was by the end of this episode, thinking like this came from a freaking ESPN short. Yeah. The fact that this wonderful show came from just a skit and is so well written. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, and the fact that it came from the mind of Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt and, uh, um, uh, uh, Bill Lawrence. I always, I always forget to mention Bill, but he deserves to be mentioned because he's one of the three that created the show. So, but yeah, so like following that whole scene with, you know, deciding who's going to be captain, we then progress into the team together in the room because Nate wants to show them a video. And that video is of Jamie. This was um, not the right time, I think. For what? To do the video. I don't think that that kind of coaching helps this team because they've been building on this pause, this like team bonded, positive uh, mindset um, uh, um, plan, you know, that has Mm. been instilled by Ted for, for so long. And now Nate kind of shows who he is again a little bit. Right. And he's like, let's get angry and start hating on Jamie all together as a team. And that's kind of a negative, um, a negative path that is diverting away from this positive path that they've been on for 10 episodes now. 
I can I can see that. I mean, I get where Nate was coming from. Like he wanted to give them a little motivation to kind of be mean and get out there and actually play harder. Yeah. I get it. But yeah, I could see where you're coming from as well, is that maybe this wasn't the right time to do this. Um although it and it cost them a TV because McAdoo ends up throwing a chair. Yeah, but it earns him captain. <laughs> yeah, it really I think. I think McAdoo had already earned captain at that point, but that was the, like, that was the moment there. Yeah. Cause I don't remember. I, it's not that I don't remember. Cause I would have written it down. I didn't understand Isaac. He says something after he throws the TV he says over the line in it. Oh, is that what he said? Yeah. He th- thought that he went over the line there. Oh, okay. Because Roy immediately follows up with like, well said like, uh, like, so Oh, wait, let me see. Hang on. I've got the transcript up. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Or maybe I have Roy's line wrong. But Roy agrees with Nate or with Isaac, you know, in his decision to throw the chair at the TV or get at that frustration. I didn't know there were transcripts of the episodes. Yep. Hang on. We're hanging. Just get it. I'm filling empty time here. I know. The, well, the, li- the listeners are enthralled. Well, don't don't edit this out. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Edit this out. I don't really. I don't edit that edit often. Edit this out. You I know am. what? If he didn't edit this out, uh, then it's, I'm very sorry, everybody. You're not hearing. They're not hearing this. Okay, good. Okay, here we go. Blah 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 blah. Players gasp. Oh, oh he says, "Oops!" In it. <laughs> That's what he says. Oops, isn't it? Oops, isn't it? <laughs> and then what does Roy say immediately after? He says, well said. Well said, so, okay. Yeah, so I think that what he was saying was like, oh, like he smashes a TV. He's like, oh, oops. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, he says, oops, as in like, my bad, when it really yeah. wasn't his bad. Yeah. So, no, but I mean, it was it was funny seeing the TV come flying. Well, not the seeing the chair. Yeah. Come flying. That's a, yeah, that's a Roy Kent move. Yeah. But I mean, which is why I love that Roy kind of was like, well said, like he, <laughs> he kind of, and I think, I think the well said wasn't even to the oops, isn't it? Like it was to the throwing the TV. Right. At, throwing the chair at the TV. And smashing the TV. Yeah. Yeah. That was what was well said. Yeah. Was getting at that frustration. <laughs> Knowing Roy. Um, God, there's there's still yeah, so and then much. Roy says, "Never stop smashing TVs." I love that line. Like that's basically Roy telling McAdoo, "Don't change. Like right. continue to be yourself. You know, continue to be you." Right. Which is which is such a great moment, especially when you see later in the game that Roy being Roy, Roy being the Roy Kent that he always has been. He gets a proper send off in his last Ooh, we're gonna, play. You know what I mean? Talk, we're going to talk about that. But him giving yeah. the advice to McAdoo of don't change who you are, never stop smashing TVs, never stop, you know, expressing who you are, don't repress it. And then seeing that payoff as he walks off the field later in the episode. I mean, I think that that's really kind of a lovely, a lovely little bookend on that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about the moment with Ted in Rebecca's office. 
Mm. and talking to Rebecca before the game, he goes in there kind of defeated yeah, a little bit. You know, he's saying to Rebecca, like, you know, if we lose this game, I completely understand. Like, if you if you have to fire me, there's no hard feelings. And in a weird turn of events, something we would have never expected in the first half of this season, it's Rebecca that lifts Ted. Yeah. Which was a great change of pace. It shows that Rebecca's Ted. changed. Yeah. Yeah. It shows that we now, it confirms we have a completely new and real Rebecca. Thank God, too. I, seriously. <laughs> I, I We were watching this show, and I looked at Dave. I said, oh, I'm so glad that's over with Rebecca. Now yeah. now we get real Rebecca. <laughs> we, have, we have real Rebecca, and she's the one that kind of lifts Ted, you know, and says, like, you know, he's he's got to keep at it and be himself. And that's kind of what sparks it sparks Ted into being like, we got to, we got to, we got to throw some chaos. Yeah. Chaos there. and confusion. He says. Yeah. And then he runs out of the room, leaping through the door and smacks his head on the top of the door. Total accident. <laughs> Did you read that? Oh, that was, was it not planned? No, <laughs> but since he had already done it before in the episode or in the season, he had already kind of hit himself before. Uh, they, uh, neither of them broke character and they kept like rolling through it. But the surprise that you see on Hannah Waddingham's face is genuine because that wasn't supposed to happen. And he ended up needing several stitches after did he that really? scene. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I read about it and I was like, oh, damn. Jeez. That, I mean, it adds to the scene. Yeah, it's hilarious. It just it shows how like how into it he was. He's like, yeah, let's do this. Whoa, yeah. I'm okay. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, all of those plays that they start because they're they're like, okay, we're gonna do trick trick plays. So I have them written down. Okay, good because I uh, I, I like the lasso special. <laughs> so um, chitty chitty the trick, bang, bang. The trick plays or elaborate set pieces uh, are the Sandman. Pepper Shakers, Beckham's Todger, it's dirty. Uh, Midnight Poutine, not dirty, just super Canadian. <laughs> chitty Chitty Bag Bang, The Broken Tap, uh, Loki's Toboggan, The Upside Down Taxi. There was another one in there that I couldn't understand what it was. Um, dirty Martini, script. which Ted would run three times. <laughs> and then the Lasso Special. I like when he said throw the lasso special up there just for funsies. And then and then they did it. Man. Elaborate set pieces. Uh Pepper Shakers, Beckham's Trodger, Midnight Poutine, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh oh, with Dick Van Dyke. Yep. Uh <laughs> the, the Broken Tap. Think Man City will leak a lot of goals from it. <laughs> Loki's Toboggan, Upside Down Taxi, Hadrian's Wall, Dirty Montini. Was it Hadrian's Wall? Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. Okay. That's the one I that's the one I didn't quite get. Um, as I was writing them down. So, but I mean, it's interesting because we do see the Sandman play out, which is a great freaking play. Don't they call it? They call it. Yeah. No. Nate's at, what? The coaches call it or the players call it? No, Nate calls the Sandman. Okay. Nate's the one that runs up to Ted and says, call Sandman, call Sandman. Uh, from the corner kick. So that's, that's where the Sandman comes in. Uh, it's, Mcadoo that calls Lasso special. Yeah, and the, and, because, and Ted's because like they're Ted's calling like, it. They're calling it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even tell him to call it. To call it. Um. So before we get to the game, there is one other scene that I do kind of want to talk about. 
Um, and that is yeah, we're a little all game. over the place today. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. The, the game is very important and it's yeah. a huge part of this episode. Uh, but it, and it is the second half of this episode. It pretty much is the entirety of the second half of this episode. Uh, but there's a scene that happens before that. And that is when Jamie goes to visit Keely. <laughs> Roy's in his underwear the whole time. <laughs> I love that Roy's the one that answers the door. Yep. In his underwear. <laughs> Jamie's like, oh, you, you're fucking kidding. Yep. And Keely comes into the living room or comes into the dining room to see Ted and Jamie opposite sides of the table. And Keely's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Uh, Jamie's coming. Oh, really? I'll make scones. I don't like scones. Well, I'm not fucking making them. <laughs> the immature banter between the two of them. My favorite part of that, of the banter between the two of them, is when Roy agrees to be silent, locks his mouth with the key, throws the key at Jamie, and Jamie dodges, dodges it. it. <laughs> and Roy, he's like, missed. Like... <laughs> It's so immature. <laughs> they're like it's brothers. So damn funny. Yeah, they're very much like brothers. <laughs> it's kind of like they hate a certain version of themselves and each other. Like Roy hates who he was as a younger player, a younger, you know, um uh, 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 arrogant player, mm. and Jamie hates the fact that he's going to one day get old. <laughs> he's going to become Roy Kent, exactly. Right. Missed me, <laughs> but, but when he throws the, the imaginary key, and Jamie do- touches it, <laughs> because I I don't know about well, you grew up an only child, right? No, I have a sister that you grew up with in in the same house. Uh, for for many years, yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, my sister and I used to do that to each other all the time. You know, we used to torture each other just like that. You know, we would pretend throw. We, we even did the pretend throw and dodge. I mean, it's just, it's all, it's all so sibling rivalry. Oh, absolutely. Which makes yeah. it wonderful. But what, what I also love about this scene, though, too, is when Keely comes in, you know, Jamie says, brought you coffee, and Roy says, made you coffee. Keely pours some of Jamie's coffee into Roy's mug. Yeah, well, because it, she into was the like, coffee that she I'm, made. Not, I'm not playing this game. I'm not picking a side. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I will pour some of the coffee into the coffee that Roy made. Like, and, and, and if that is has Keely, if that isn't Keely at the heart of who Keely is, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many great moments from characters in this episode, Keely included, because there's there's another moment from Keely coming yes. that from the game that I just I I uh, just adore. Um, but I also love at the end of this episode or at the end of this scene where, you know, Jamie insults Roy by telling him like to make him he's going to eat mushy peas. And then after Jamie leaves, he gives Keely this look and she's like, what? He's like, well, now I want mushy peas. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a great way of Roy, like, kind of showing Keely, like, I'm not mad. Like, this was just, you know, it was fun. 
Right. Well, I mean, and that just shows like Jamie's still trying to figure out who he is and where he fits and what he's supposed to be doing. He hasn't figured out that what he's supposed to be doing is just be Jamie Tart, like be who you are. You know, he's just too concerned with, you know, how he is, um, how he is branded and how he is, um, presents himself to others. Right. Mm-hmm. Roy Kent doesn't give two F's like he just doesn't care. And there's, just such a difference in in each of their characters and and I can't wait to see Jamie get to that point that Roy is already um that Roy's already at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that does take us into the game. <clears throat> uh the most important game of the season because if AFC Richmond wins, they stay in the Premier League and if they lose, they get relegated to uh, the Championship back- League. <laughs> to the championship league. Um, That was a great conversation too, between coach and Ted Mm -hmm. at the pub eating fish and chips, by the way, which just makes me want fish and chips. I know we need to find a good place. You want to go to England? Let's go to England. Let's no, it's, there's not enough time. I was going to say if we, we could do the seat, the series finale in England, but that's too close. (laughs) We can make it happen. Okay. <laughs> we were made of money. <laughs> right? Let's start a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, we'll start a Kickstarter for two podcasters to be able to podcast an episode in England. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Hey, look, there are stupider Kickstarters and GoFundMe out there. GoFundMe things out there for than, that are dumber than that. Um. So before the game starts... We get Keely and Rebecca in the stands, and it's great seeing Rebecca in the stands. Actually, watching as a fan, yeah, she cares about this team now. She she's invested, and she wants them to win. Well, and Keely finally cares too. She even says she never cared before. She knew how to play the part, but this time she also cares because she she cares about Roy. Genuinely cares about Roy. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was one of the when I said there was a moment coming up with Keely that this was the moment I was actually thinking of. There is another moment later, um, but this is the one I was thinking of that I felt like was such an adorable moment because you're right. Keely's now realizing something about herself, too, and that she she's genuinely invested in the game because of Roy. Yeah. And but seeing her like, I know how to fake it. <laughs> then she's like referee like she's. She's faking all of like the chants and the yelling at the, at the and game. Rebecca's totally impressed. She's like, "You're the worst." <laughs> <laughs> and we meet uh, we meet Higgins's entire family. The whole family now gets to come to the game, which gets probably was a first. Yeah, they all get to be at the game, not just at the game, but in the manager's box. Yeah, yeah. That's and like, are all of his kids, do all of his kids have traditionally female names? I didn't catch all of their names. I know there's another Leslie. There's a Dana. And then what was their oldest son's name? Hang on. Go into the transcript Go again. Go into the transcript. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think they do have traditionally like feminine male names. I yeah, okay, remember. we have Terry, Chris, Dana, Stevie, and Lindsay. So yeah, I mean they're yeah. all they're all a uh 
what do you call them? Androgynous oh, names. Okay, so Lindsay, not Leslie. So there's not right. another Leslie. Okay. So their eldest is Lindsay, and then they have Terry, Chris, Dana, and Stevie. And then he's Leslie. How many kids do you have, Higgins? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Our oldest son, Lindsay. Until, Sorry, he's, he's a pre, He's a priest. Don't worry. He's a cool priest. He's a cool priest. <laughs> <laughs> when your parents have you out of wedlock, it allows you to it allows you space to explore life's little gray. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Higgins family. I do. I agree. I, I love the Higgins family. We get <laughs> we we get so much. We we definitely get more of the Higgins family. I know for sure. Going into season two, we get more uh, of them, particularly. It's unfortunately that it's unfortunate timing wise. It won't work out that we won't be doing the Christmas episode around Christmas. I know it'll be a couple weeks after, but that Christmas episode is fantastic. I I will skip ahead to watch that episode for Christmas because that episode is just, it's great. Yeah, I agree. It has easily one of the funniest freaking moments from the entire series. With Roy Kent or with oh, Roy Keeley yeah. and Phoebe and Phoebe, yeah. God, that moment is so I, I, I couldn't breathe <laughs> during that moment. But we're getting ahead. We're getting ahead. Um, but yeah, we get we see Keeley and Rebecca in the stands. We get to meet the family Higgins, um, and then we get that moment too where Roy makes Isaac captain, mm-hmm. and he tells him, you know, never stop throwing, never stop breaking TVs, smashing. Smashing TVs. Um, followed I, by, oh, go ahead. I do just to stay with that armband thing. I do like that they trade off the armband throughout the game. Well, because when Roy is, yeah, when well, Roy says it earlier on, like the captain needs to be on the field. Well, no, no, no. I understand that, but there's like this. I guess they have like such a terrible first half or something like that. Like McAdoo just comes up and gives it to him. He's like, this was garbage. Like almost like I didn't deserve this. And then Roy, when he walks off the pitch for that last time, he hands it back to McAdoo. Like you have the con now, like you, this is, this is your team now. Well, I never took it as McAdoo handing it back because I was horrible. I took it as in like a show of respect that Roy is back on the field. He's the captain. Oh, okay. I saw that's it how like, I saw it. I saw it as kind of like a small comedic moment, just because we have small comedic moments throughout the whole uh, series. Oh no, that's not. Yeah, that's not how I took it at all. I okay. took it as in like Ted says, Roy, you're back. You're starting this season. You're starting this half. You know, get warmed up. And McAdoo was like, Captain's back on the field. Here we go. Then I then I laugh at inappropriate times. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I could see it like that. I yeah. just that's not, that's just not how I saw it. Maybe it was respect I, and humor. Maybe it could be. Uh, but you know what? That leads us into one of yet many Ted Lasso locker room speeches, mm. where he talks about the hope that kills. You know, and how he doesn't agree with that. He doesn't think it's the hope that kills, and. It goes into the whole, do you believe in miracles? You don't have to answer that, but I want you to, you know, believe that for yourself. Believe. And man, like his locker room speeches, there's a reason why arenas play them now. Like if you go to like hockey games or basketball games where they do like in arena stuff, mm-hmm. there's a reason why arenas play that stuff now. 
because it's motivational. It's absolutely motivational. Well, that's, I mean, that is Ted Lasso. That is the show, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso gives you hope where there is no hope, gives you light where there is no light. It was the most perfectly timed television show in the history of the world. I, I don't know another show that was so needed in in a time um, like 2020. And that This whole first season was over by October. I think I saw it was like October 3rd, 2020 was the last episode. Mm-hmm. We got... 10 weeks, 10 weeks of hope in a very hopeless year. Yeah. And the show just took off from there. I think that's one of the reasons why I love this show as much as I do. Mm -hmm. I mean, not putting aside the fact that it is amazing writing, amazing characters, amazing acting. I think because of when we, I think I would have loved this show even if it happened post-pandemic or pre-pandemic. But would it have been as big? I don't know. I don't you think know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're right. It was a show that debuted at the right time. Mm-hmm. At, at the absolute right time. Animal Crossing also came out that year. Don't want to say that maybe that, you know, got, got some more hope there. <laughs> more self-care. <laughs> well, because you're, you're back to Animal Crossing. Yes, I am. Too. Well, I need a little self-care. It's been a rough, it's been a rough four months. Anyways, um, so Ted's locker room, go. <laughs> no, I, that was pretty much it. Like we have that locker room speech that leads them to go out there and finally, you know, face Man City, Jamie Tart and Man City. Um, what do you think was bigger? The fact that they were facing Jamie Tart or the fact that they were facing Man City? Oh, I think it was Man City. You think so? I, I think the team had written off Jamie at this point. Even after that video? Maybe I, I, if I, if I think deeper about it, I want to say, yeah, I want to say, I think the team was more about like, I, I think they had already proven themselves to Jamie, that they were, that they didn't need Jamie. Yeah. Um, okay. It could have been equal. It could have been equal parts. We have to beat Man City so we don't get relegated, but we also want to show Jamie that we're better without him. Yeah. I could see that. Um, And even, go ahead. No, I was just, go ahead. I was just going to say, even though they end up losing this game, I think they do prove that they're better than Jamie Tart and Man City. I think that they prove to everybody that this team is a lot better than just a win or a loss or a Premier League or, or a Championship League. Well, because everybody assumed, like even when Man City makes the first goal, like even the announcers are like, oh, this has been the long coming goal. But they held them pretty hard for a they while. They held them in the first game. half. Yeah. It was zero to zero at halftime. Yeah. So it's it, like they held their own up against the championship team. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it interesting, too, that when the before the game even starts, you know, we see Jamie out there on the field and he's kind of like giving the kiss sign to Roy because Roy's sitting the bench and Ted just kind of comes into view <laughs> and waves at Jamie. And Jamie's like, fucking mind games. That's not a mind game. Jamie believes it is. Yeah. It's not a mind game. Yeah. Ted is legitimately wishing Jamie good luck. He believes in Jamie. Jamie was his project. Ja- he was going to coach up Jamie to be the all-star player that he knew he could be if Jamie could just get out of his own way. And that was taken from him. So I think that Ted views 
this game as a chance to help Jamie still, even though he's on a different team. He he never stopped believing. Yeah, you're right. He, he never yeah. stopped believing in Jamie. He never stops being his coach. True. Yeah, you because know? even when he does that interview, when that when they're in the barbershop mm-hmm. and that guy takes the, the Ussy guy is back. Uh <laughs> what a right floppy <laughs> cock. <laughs> <laughs> Nice word usage. I love that term. Thank you. Um, but so, you know, he shows him that video of Ted and Ted legitimately wishing him the best. Like, and it's it's not a mind game to Ted. Jamie but sees it that way. Jamie thinks it is. And that's that's kind of the thing, right? Is that Jamie needs to get out of his own way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's getting the dumbest haircut. Like we see him when he's at the door. I'm like, what what happened to you? Like you can tell that he just he has had no coaching, no direction. He is drinking his own Kool-Aid. Like he shows up at that door with this like Ken doll haircut that's all plastered to his head, and he's got, you know, perfectly shaped eyebrows. And it's and I'm looking at him like, oh no, you look horrible. You well, look even- like a plastic. <laughs> Barbie doll. Even when they're they're showing the when Nate is showing the team the video, the first comment is like, "What? There's no barbers in Man City." <laughs> and then we see he's actually at a barber. Like yeah. he's, he's getting this. He's getting this hair done intentionally. I know what an idiot. Because when know. he says like, "Not wax, pomade. Pomade makes your hair shiny." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wax doesn't. So he's doing this intentionally. Yeah, no, he thinks he looks good. Yeah. And maybe he does to some people, but I think he looks horrible. Well, but think about it. Who has been his stylist and his personal appearance person the whole time? Kayla. Kayla. He doesn't have her anymore. He's by he's doing this stuff on his own by his own decision. And he well, and we're Seeing that maybe he shouldn't shouldn't be doing anything on his own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know what? Speaking of hairdos, this is weird because this is something that kind of I noticed, and it it doesn't bug me, but I'm just kind of like, oh, that's odd. Have you ever noticed that Ted has a little bit of a tail in the back of his head? The no. back of his, the back of his head is not even across there's a little point to it in the back widow's peak for his neck kind of and like so i it made me wonder like i know the ted lasso hair is not a wig i know that's his actual hair Mm -hmm. but like i it because usually like if you trim the back it's flat across that's a line across but his isn't it comes to a point and i noticed it when the game was over in the locker room scene after the game, I noticed it when he turns and he like, when they're showing like the back of his head and they're showing the locker room. And then when he turns around and he walks into the coach's office, I noticed it there again. too. I'm like, that's a weird choice. Hmm. I'll have to look out for it. Cause I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember that, but I mean, I think that there's a lot of great hair in this first episode, including the Van Dyke with, <laughs> With Higgins's hair like all in his face, it represents how I feel on the inside. Chill, chill. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but going back to Jamie, I um, 
you see in this episode that Jamie is looking for Jamie's looking for a mentor. He is looking for somebody to help him. He tries to go to Keely, but Keely's moved on with her life. He you see him kind of flopping around trying to navigate like his hair, like you said, with with the barber or his press conference where I'm sure nobody is telling him what to say or mm-hmm. how to act. Um but then you see at the end of this, at the end of this game, you see that Jamie is coachable because he makes that extra pass. It's it's one of the most it's one of the most heartbreaking moments of the episode. But it's oddly a big realization because you're right. It's what wins Man City the game and causes AFC's de- relegation. Mm-hmm. But Jamie learned something. Because Jamie, Jamie be had taught. Ted. Because Jamie had Ted during that game. Jamie knew that Ted was watching. Jamie knew that that Ted saw something in him that Jamie doesn't even realize is there. And I think that just having that presence of Ted and not even being coached by Ted, just the presence of Ted and remembering what it was like to be on Ted's team – I think helped him make that decision in that last moment of the game. Well, because one of the things that Ted is great at and maybe not other coaches have been able to do, at least not the coach that Jamie has now is seeing the players as people. Yes. Like I'm sure the man city coach sees Jamie as a player Mm -hmm. and not an actual person, but Ted sees Jamie as a person who just happens to be great at football. Right. Much like Roy Kent. Yeah. Um, it, you know, um, go ahead. No, it's it's just, it's so great to see because, you know, by the end of this episode, sticking with Jamie, we find, we, we meet Jamie's dad, which is yeah. such a harsh thing because, I mean, and like, we see Ted walking down the hallway and he sees Jamie in that room and he's approaching the door. Because he wants ready. to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's ready to open that door to probably congratulate Jamie. And build him up. But then we see something thrown at the wall and we see his father basically just verbally abusing him for making the extra pass that won the game. That won the game. But that doesn't make his father happy. His father wanted him to win the game. Right. And... It's such a, a a heartbreaking moment to see Jamie look out the window and see Ted. And Ted just kind of walks off because he just doesn't want to get involved. He does is, wave at him, though, doesn't he? Or he gives no. him a smile or he does something. No, he puts his head down and walks away. Okay. I thought maybe he gave him like a little wave or something. But, um, I d- but yeah, I, what do you do in that moment? Exactly. It, there, you can't step in. Like it's not right. appropriate to kind of right. step into that. Well, and obviously, this is something by Jamie's reaction. This is something that is normal. This is something that he's used to. Yeah, this is all his life. Yeah, he. This, is, this has been all he's, his life. He is taking in what his father is telling him as somebody who is not hearing this for the first time, and that's really the soul crushing part of it. His dad's not mad at him this one time. His dad's been doing this for a long time, and yeah. you can tell in that scene through a closed door 
that this is a very normal behavior for Jamie well, Tart. Well, Jamie does bring it up earlier in the season, you know, about how much pressure his father has put on him. But this is the first time we actually see it. Well, especially when you see like what what a jerk Jamie Jamie has been this entire season. You're like, oh, okay, poor little boy, my daddy, da da da. Oh no, your dad is terrible. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> but while Ted walks away, you know, kind of walks away from the situation. He does kind of have the final the final word in the situation in that he gives Beard that note to give to Ted or to give to Jamie. And it's in that moment. Jamie the- looks so scared of Beard walking up to him. <laughs> uh, yeah. What is this? A love letter? Um, but when we see Jamie on the bus, open that note. And it's the note from Ted that says, way to make the extra pass with the, with army? the army man. And I think the army man is important, not just because it's one of the things that we learned early on that Ted gifted out. It's the fact it's an army man that is waving, holding binoculars. This is Ted. And I could be totally. I think you're right to this. Keep going. I think you're right. This is Ted saying, I see you. Yeah. Even from afar, I see what you're doing. I see that you're working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see who you are. And he's also saying, you're still on my team. Because and that's th- his army man collection, though, you know? And to see Jamie fight back tears. Because he absolutely does in that moment. Which is surprising considering he probably had a lot of Botox before the game. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get that at the barbershop? I don't know. I don't know. But, but to see... Jamie actually opened the note, read it, and kind of hold back getting emotional. This touched Jamie. Mm-hmm. This this affected him. Well, because he saw Ted. He saw that Ted witnessed this interaction between his father and him, and he probably feels shame. He probably feels that he's let everybody down, including Ted. And Ted, Ted probably knew this. And wrote him an encouraging note to help him. Immediately following a moment where his father was doing nothing but put him down, Ted, in just a couple written words, lifted him up. Yeah. Which is probably something Jamie has not had before. Ted leaves the door open for people. He never closes the door on anyone. On anyone. And I can probably say that with 100% certainty that throughout the entire series, he never closes the door on anyone, no matter what they've done to him. And that, to me, is a remarkable human quality because not a lot of people do that. I don't do that. I close the door on somebody, I slam it. And that is a flaw in me. And I would love it if I could be like Ted Lasso and, and be able to leave the door open for people. And Ted, not only not only does he never close the door on anyone, he never stops encouraging people, mm-hmm. even if they're not connected to him anymore. He never stops. He never wishes bad for anyone. Ever. Yeah. I mean, who does that? Yeah. He, and I, we can all say that we can all pretend that we do that. And I'm telling you right now, we don't do that. No. I, I've I'm like, I've never wished death on anybody that bad. But like, right. I've I've been like, oh. I hope you lose this game. Like, you know, stupid shit like that. We've all done it. That's not in Ted. 
Yeah, right. It's not in Ted at all. Dave Um, always wishes people would step on a Lego in the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of the best. I don't even have the words for it. That is one of the best punishments. Yeah. I've because anybody who has ever done that <laughs> knows the feeling. Knows it doesn't cause permanent energy uh, injury, but it hurts like hell. Oh yeah. That is it's like a the, blinding pain for <laughs> a few minutes. That is like the ultimate like I don't wish harm on you, but I hope you hurt. <laughs> I hope you step on a Lego in the middle of the night. I hope you, I'm going to start using that. (laughs) That's amazing. Well done, Dave. Yeah. He also, I mean, he's, he doesn't have great ones, but he also says, oh, I hope that girl gets pregnant in high school. (laughs) I don't, I don't know if that one works as well, because sometimes that gets you a TV show on MTV. Right. Well, so, you know, we've 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 seen some mean girls, you know, over the years, uh, especially with teaching and, and also raising, you know, a girl. And uh, every once in a while, the mean girl just pops up and Dave's like, oh, I hope she gets pregnant in high school. <laughs> oh, well, because we all know that person. Oh, yeah. We all know that person from high school who who ended up being that person. Yeah. And like not to say that if you got pregnant in high school, you're like a mean girl, you're a bad person or anything like that. Okay. I'm no, not no, saying not that. Please don't yeah. take that as that. I'm sorry. But uh, it's just one of those things where you can't wish harm on children. Okay. But you can just say things that maybe make you feel better. I hope your life is more difficult. Yes. I hope that your <laughs> life is difficult in the future for making my life difficult right now. Yeah. Yes. Um. So we we do see I'm we're going to get to Roy because that that is hands down my favorite moment from this episode is everything that happens with Roy. But before we do, um, you mentioned it. We see the lasso special. Yes, we do. One of the plays. And it is an American football play that Ted taught them to use on the field. And who notices that it's happening? Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. Because he's sitting there. He's like, they can't do that. They can't do that. Well, they're doing it. Well, they're doing it. <laughs> and it's it's one of those moments that, because right before, or no, no, I'm sorry, that happens. Oh, no, that, it is right before it, is when they get the encouragement that Chelsea has won by six goals. All they need is a tie. They just need one goal now. Ted, Mr. Anti-Tie, this entire time. It's like, we need a tie! We need a tie! We just need a tie! Um, Because a tie is like kissing your sister. (laughs) Which I'm realizing now is an American thing, and it's not a British thing. (laughs) Which I probably shouldn't have used it. I got caught up in the adrenaline of everything. Um, (laughs) But we see them call the lasso special and run the lasso special and succeed. And succeed. And it is one of those moments in this show, of which there are many, that it doesn't matter how many times I've seen it, I cheer. Yeah. When Danny does that Pele kick to score the goal, I cheer every time. And it, a lot of it is because I'm coming off of a pretty big emotional moment that oh, happened boy. right before it with Roy. Yep. Um. 
you know, this is the moment where there's a huge wave. There's there's a happy moment with Roy and then a sad moment with Roy and then a happy moment with the team and then a sad moment with the team. Like this is a huge, big wave of emotions that are about to hit. Yes. Starting with Roy. That kills you. Hope that kills you. Like (laughs) it's just, (laughs) you know, but we do see that the team kind of gets a little over anxious in their celebrating because that's the moment that Jamie takes the ball upfield, makes the extra pass, and wins the game. Oh, God. Which, just seeing the heartbreak in everybody's face, not just heartbreak, but shock, mm. that it just happened that fast. Yeah. You know, but to Ted's credit, which can be said a lot of times, he gives the locker room speech. To everybody, to everybody, Rebecca, including Rebecca Higgins, everybody is, is in Higgins' that family in there. No, it's just Higgins. okay. Um, and like, but Rebecca Higgins and Keeley are in the locker room with Ted giving that speech. And I mentioned earlier about how Ted sees players as people rather than players. Mm-hmm. That shines in this moment. Yeah. He is talking to them as people. He's mm-hmm. not talking to them as players. He never views anybody as players. I mean, Beard had to remind him that there was a game at stake, that they were professionals in the last episode. He had to remind Ted because Ted's so caught up in building people up and 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 building his team up that he never has cared about the game. He had to care about the game, which yeah. I think is something that he's not used to. And there's a particular line that is said during this speech. And I feel it is very important. And I'm going to try not to get choked up as I bring up this line. Okay. Um, because you mentioned about how this show hit at the right time. Yeah. And I, I freely admit, we've talked about how both of us have suffered with like anxiety and depression. Still do. Yep. Like it's, it's prevalent still. But there's one line is said that as somebody myself who has felt depressed and alone many times, mm-hmm. there's a line that is said. And he says, I promise you there is something worse than being sad. And that is being alone and being mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody in this room alone. That line right there, that line is why this show hits as hard as it does when it did. Right. Because it's it because it's 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 important to remember that you know during during this year especially <sighs> there were a lot of us that felt alone you know and especially, still do now and yeah sometimes. right I mean we're still kind of recovering and reeling from from 2020 I I think that we're all coming out of it really nicely now but it's been a long road it's been a really long road and mm. thank goodness for for Ted Lasso you know. Um, I don't know a better show that could have been on during these last three years than this show to really help people get out of, you know, whatever dark spots that they were in. And, and even though they lost this game, there was still hope there. There's still plans for the future. There's still this team that still loves each other, right? Right down to the kit man, all the way up to Rebecca. And, and that says a lot about, Ted's leadership. 
And Rebecca sees that finally at at the end, you know? Um, it's, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast or not. Um, and I, I don't know if I told you this story or not. I'm sure I probably did, but this past summer I went to a disturbed concert here in, in the Philly area. Mm-hmm. You told me this story moments in your life when you feel like you might be alone and the sudden realization when you realize you are not is huge mm-hmm. emotionally. I went to a disturbed concert here in the Philadelphia area this past summer, and there was a moment during the concert I actually cried. And it is because the lead singer, uh, David Draymond, who is one of the best front men of any rock band in my t- of all time, in my opinion, he, he broke from the show and he started talking about how he was suicidal at one point. Mm-hmm. And he was, it was the band and touring that brought him back. And at one point he asks the audience, like, if at any point in your life you have felt alone or suffered from depression and anxiety, put up your hand. And every single person in that audience raised their hand. And his following line is, and his fi- and the line that followed was, see, you are not alone. And that got me. Yeah. So that is why that line is so important in this episode. Because and they're I think all sad and they yeah. can be sad together. Yes. And then it, we go back to the be a goldfish. Because he says, you know, to Sam, like, do you remember the animal that has the shortest memory? Beautiful. And he says, a goldfish. Mm-hmm. What do you think we should do once we're done being sad or even mad about this? I think we should all be goldfish. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. And it's wonderful oh. that he had Sam do it because Sam is, Sam's the guy. And, uh, and I Sam, think that he Sam is that the conscience. Yeah. Sam is the conscience of that team. He's the Jiminy Cricket. He's the Jiminy Cricket. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Coach Beard is co- is Ted's Jiminy Cricket. His drug-fueled Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> drug-fueled Jiminy yeah. Cricket. Sam is the team's Jiminy Cricket. Yes. Nigerian- Always let your conscience be your guide. Nigerian Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> the hopeful Nigerian Jiminy Cricket, not the drug-fueled Jiminy Cricket. Right, exactly. That, that coach beard is. <laughs> instead of being instead of being drug fueled, be hope fueled. <laughs> but it, but you know, you mentioned how this episode, although sad ending, leaves you with hope. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like Ted, and it's fun. It's it's interesting to note too that Ted is giving this speech, probably assuming he's not coming back, because he he he. Like, yeah, you're right. You know, because he he even says it to Rebecca later, like, I wrote my letter of resignation because it's not fair that you have to fire me. Mm-hmm. He's giving this speech. Maybe he's thinking about it. Maybe he's not. But he's probably giving this speech with the intention that he's not going to be coaching these guys anymore. Mm-hmm. That's in his mind. Has right. to be. Well, that's why he does what he does. I mean, he's he wants to leave them. He wants to leave them with something that they can hang on to next season. Yeah. Because at that moment, he doesn't think that he's going to be back to coach them. So he wants to make sure that he leaves an impression on them, which even if he didn't do that last speech, his effect would have, even if he left after that moment, 
he his his impression would have been left on every single one of those players for the rest of their careers. I mean, that's how important he's been to this team. Yeah. The fact that they played the way they did, called plays the mm-hmm. way they did. Trusted he, each other. Yeah. He's already made the impact. Right. Before 100%. But Ted's also not of the of the ilk to be like, I've already made an impact on these kids. I don't have to leave, leave them with anything. Right. He's going to well, continue to do it. And Ted is is such an example of you get from the universe what you put into it. He mm-hmm. put all of that out into this team and he didn't get fired at the end. He he was told he he got to stay. Yeah. You know? And I, I find it interesting too that it's a little out of Ted's character to do what he did because earlier in this season, he says, I've never quit anything in my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. but he's quitting. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make it easier for the team because he and Rebecca. knows. Right. Because, yeah. Especially Rebecca, because Rebecca's yeah. come clean to him and he knows that, you know, her intention wasn't, she didn't have good intentions at, at the beginning. Um, and so he wants her to undo. He wants her to move on with her life and not have any ill feelings towards the damage that she's potentially already done. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, he's he's quitting, but with good intention. He's quitting to make Rebecca feel okay about firing him. Yes. Yeah. He's so doing he's not it for really the good. Quitting. He's doing it for the good of someone else. Right. Which Emotionally, yeah. Isn't that just Ted Lasso? <laughs> That's it. Isn't that just Ted? But, you know, and and we're going to backtrack to Roy in a second right after this too, but I love the fact that while qu- Ted quitting is one thing he has never done before and he's doing it, we get something else from Ted that he's never done before. At least that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. He's done at all. And that's swear. Yeah, I think that's his first. I, I think, think that's, that's his first f bomb. Yeah, because he says so. The next year we get a promotion, which looks great on any resume. Then we come back, uh, come back to this league and do something no one believed we could ever do: win the whole fucking thing. Yeah, and that takes Rebecca by surprise too. Right, to hear him say this. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, it also proves that he wanted he wanted to stay. He wanted to stay. He wants the chance to finish what he started. When he says that, right? He was he he went in there saying, "I'm going to bow out and make Rebecca feel okay about having to fire me." But we see that once he relaxes and sees that he gets to keep his job, his real intention is that he wants to finish what he started. Yeah. He yeah. wants to win. He wants back into the Premier League. He wants it. Well, that's a realization that he had to come to as well during this. Right. That it, w- it wasn't just about these kids. It was also about winning. That's the yeah. realization that Beard kind of like shocked into him. And Beard had to do like everybody plays their roles so wonderfully in this first season. And we go into the second season with that renewed hope and that renewed sense of, of, um, of motivation that, yeah. okay, we're going to see Richmond come back. But it also is a good realization as well that Ted has not just been a teacher this whole time. He's also been a student. 
he learned. He He's learned on his own journey. His own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the year that Ted has also had, I mean, he's had a pretty devastating year himself personally, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's a lot of broken people that needed to be mended from the get-go. And you see that now it's kind of like, okay, at the end of this season, we are accepting the fact that we are all broken, but we're all going to be broken together. And we're going to take that, you know, the Kintsuji, the Kintsuji, um, the the Jeff, art of the art, the art of, of putting Kintsuji things back together with gold. With gold, right. Yeah. And I think that that's where we see that we are about to put gold all throughout this team and get them all to be held together. Yeah. Um, That's so interesting that you say that because I have more on that in spoilers now <laughs> that, I, that I didn't have before. Um, <laughs> uh, that, now that you said that. But so- I'm very wise. So getting back then to, I think the only other element that we need to talk about is Roy, is Roy Kent. And again, this is one of my favorite moments of this episode, not just because Roy Kent is my favorite character from this series, but because of what this means for Roy. And, you know, throughout the second half of this season, we've gotten... Everybody's saying Roy is slow. Everybody's saying Roy is not the Roy Kent of old. Even Roy has said he's questioned whether or not he's still the same Roy he has always been or that he always enjoyed being. And when he gets back on that field, the first thing he does is he chases Jamie down. Mm -hmm. Jamie is the fastest person on that field between both Man City and Richmond. Nobody can catch him. Roy catches him. He was on fire. This it's almost like he knew this was his last moment. I almost wonder pitch. if he did. He was like I'm putting everything into this right now. Yeah, I mean we've seen moments like this before like we've seen um you know like got in other sports movies like it's a weird movie to to say but like rookie of the year mm. like we see Gary Busey put everything into his final swing and throw yes. out his arm um we've seen um the same thing in major league it was the same kind of thing like we've seen these moments before but for some reason man it just hits so hard with Roy yeah Be- because he has been questioning whether or not he was, he is still Roy Kent. Mm -hmm. And when his career finally ends, he went out as Roy Kent. And, and the fans took him out in a legendary way. Yeah. And I love it that Sam kept him down and was like, no, listen, because we got that earlier. Roy did the same thing to Sam. The opposite, right? Yeah. But he said, stay down just a little longer. The crowd will love it, you know, when yeah. you get up. But when, and Sam does it back to Roy this time. Yep. And hearing everybody chant, you know, the, the Roy Kent chant, and he's Roy here, hearing he's it. He's there. He's <laughs> every fucking where. It's just, he went out his own way as the person he always wanted to be it was the kobe bryant moment you know kobe bryant um for laker fans for kobe fans such as myself you know one of the most iconic things that he ever did was that he tore his achilles heel his his achilles tendon Mm -hmm. and he in order for him to be able to come back to the game later if he wanted to because he didn't know it was torn at that point right um he's also kobe bryant right he had it was a foul on him 
and he had to shoot two free throws. And he has a torn Achilles heel and he goes up to that free throw line and he sinks both free throws and then he walks off the court, walks off the court with a torn Achilles tendon. And if that isn't the most boss thing I've ever seen, I don't know what is. And I had all those feelings when you watch Roy Kent walk off the pitch with yeah. his bum knee and the entire crowd chanting his name. And and not just the entire crowd chanting his name, but Roy realizing he's always been Roy Kent to these fans. Mm -hmm. Like that's why he applauds the fans. Like he's thanking the fans. Yes. For helping him to go out the way he went out. Yes. And with you his know, dignity intact. Yes. And and then, you know, so we get these and I I'll admit I was crying during this because it's yeah. such a happy moment for Roy to realize that like he is always who he's always been. He just kind of lost his own way a little bit. And the commentators even know that that was the last time they would have that they will see Roy Kent play on the pitch. Which they knew leads it. which leads into the next moment of Roy realizing in the locker room that this is it. Yeah. And Keeley just walking in, no matter how many times Roy tries to stop her, like by telling her you're not allowed in here during the game. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm I'm serious, like stay away from me. And approaching him and putting her arms around him, him leaning in and her and him taking her hand. Like he accepted it. Mm -hmm. And you know that final moment of Roy of the Roy Kent that we know mm -hmm. is just heartbreaking and sad, but just emotional. And again, like, and I love it. It's a great moment for Keely too mm -hmm. to come in. Well, it really shows both of them. They are, they are matured. They're in a, a healthy mature relationship because if that was Jamie Tart, that would be a different scene. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, but it was quiet. What I loved about it was that it was quiet. She didn't say a word. He, he kept telling her to go away, but he, he really didn't want her to go away at the same time. You know, no. he was trying to save face a little bit, but she wasn't going to give up and he let it happen. And it was quiet. It was just this beautiful, quiet moment where he got to mourn the end of his career with somebody that, you know, at this point, he probably doesn't know it yet, but somebody that he truly loves and, and trusts. And Keeley provides that safe spot for him to mourn without judging, without talking, just gives him the quiet space that he needs, but she also is there for him to lean yeah. on. And it's really, really beautiful. And you're right. Like, it's, it's just... I, I didn't even really think about that, but you're right. She just, she doesn't say a word. Yeah. She, she, she knows that he doesn't need to hear. You'll be fine. <clears throat> you know, you'll get through this. You'll be better. He doesn't need to hear it. No matter what she says, it's not going to change how he feels. So right. I'm just going to be here. Right. right. I'm just, I'm just going to be here. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Roy takes her hand. Mm -hmm. And that's like, 
such a such just such a great moment because he didn't want to hear anything and when he realized that she wasn't there to talk to him that she was just there to support him that's when he accepts her help yeah it's beautiful exactly beautiful yeah just a beautiful moment um i know i have quotes but do you have anything for like the main episode before we dive into spoilers nope Nope. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, all right. So then with that being said, uh, we're going to dive into a little bit of spoiler territory. So if you're, if you've, this is your first view and you don't want to hear it, check the show notes to find out when we come back and we'll talk about some of our favorite quotes from the episode. Um, I want to start with this just because I just, it's fresh in my head because you brought it up. You, you brought up that art of mending things mm-hmm. with, Kintsuji. with gold. Kintsuji. That happens in this series. That's how Nate fixes the sign. That's right. He does. You're right. In the series finale, that is how Nate fixes the belief sign. Yep. It's with gold paint. Yes. Yes. That's true. So that's a great metaphor that that's how this show started with broken characters coming together. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the sign, because when you brought that up, I immediately thought about that sign. Oh, that's crazy. I forgot about that. But that's how Nate repairs the sign at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And yeah. and and it's interesting, too, that, that, that I guess that I brought that up this time just because Nate proves in the beginning of the episode that there's a lot more to Nate than this mild-mannered guy that we've been seeing. Yeah, but some of what we get from Nate is not fun. It's- I- I know the spitting at himself on the mirror, the hateful way that he treats Ted, the hateful way that he treats himself. I mean, it's really bad. That is still one. Like I've, I've been upset at characters throughout the run of this show. Nate is the one character I can think of. And probably the only character I can think of from the series that royally pissed me off. Oh my gosh. That moment in the season two finale with Ned, with Nate and Ted, and Nate confronting Ted, like I, I think I audibly yelled at my television, like you are an asshole. But you also, and 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 hopefully when we get there, we Maybe can we'll see the lead up to it. And yeah, because at the time on first watch, I just remember being like, "Where is this coming from? Like, yeah. you've got to be kidding me!" So yeah, I'm interested to see like as we tackle season two on how we can pick up on on more of those signs. Because, I mean, even here in this episode, knowing what we know about Nate in the future of the series, you see part of that come out when he calls Rebecca a shrew. Which yeah. I just can't even believe that everybody just glossed over that. I'm like, are we? No, we're not going to talk about that? Great. Let's just keep going, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. It's kind of gone very quickly. They kind of, it, it's kind of forgotten. Yeah. Very quickly in the celebration of him, you know, getting the coaching job. Um, but so, yeah, like getting those early hints of Nate and seeing that a little bit, it is going to, as you mentioned, it's going to be interesting going into season two to see if maybe we can pick up on some of what leads to happening in the finale of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, I, one of the other things I want to, I, I want to make mention of, since we're in spoilers that I noticed is uh, who is sitting together in the locker room. Yeah, I know. I saw Rebecca <laughs> and Sam. Yep. I mean, it, it's so funny because I, I hope that that was always the plan with those two. 
you know, and they just were like dropping little like morsels because we saw them together kind of, you know, we saw them sitting near each other at the karaoke bar. Well, we saw Sam take Rebecca's jacket to carry right. over too. Exactly. So we see those little those little pieces of softness towards one another, but you also kind of see that there's a big age difference between the two. <laughs> Again, I don't think it's any bigger than Rupert and Rebecca. I guess Re- I mm. Rebecca's just on the opposite side of it this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because because Sam's in his early twenties at this point. Rebecca's in her mid forties at this point, early to mid forties at this point. It's a 20 year difference. There was like a 30 year difference. There's a, it's like a 20 to 25 year difference. There was like a 30 year difference between her and Rupert. Yeah. Cause he was almost 70. Yeah. Yeah. No, I no. What you're saying is, is true. (laughs) And I get that. It's just, it's alarming. Um, Big age difference of all big age differences have always been alarming to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not saying that they're wrong. That's just for me. They've always been alarming to me because I don't it's, understand it. Yeah, I mean, again, like it's 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 more a maturity thing than an age thing. Like if you're mature enough to handle it, I say go for it. Um, <sighs> I mean, unless you're like 80 years old and dating like a 20 year old playmate, that's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Who could you be talking about? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. Um and then I had another one. What was it? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because I think that's all I really had for spoilers. Yeah, was, maybe was that's it. I do I do notice that, that we had a lot of um, underlying anger issues as a theme um, in this episode. You know, you had Nate's uh, surprise promotion, hints at his anger issues. You have Nate's motivational video of Jamie trashing his old team. Those underlying uh Anger issues again, which again comes back in the last episode of the series ever. Wait, second to last episode? No. When they play Nate's team in the third season and they try the same trick with the team, I think it was Beard that tried the same trick with the team on seeing Nate describe uh, Nate's press conference talking about Richmond. Yeah. And it fired everybody up, but they all played like shit as a result because it wasn't the Ted Lasso way. It was, a, it was a different mm-hmm. um, way. So when Nate played that video of Jamie trashing the team, I was immediately brought to them watching the video of Nate trashing the team in season three and how much that negatively affected the team. And so I just, I watched that thinking, you know, I don't think that that was the right motivation. I don't think that, and having a negative motivation for a Ted Lasso team is the right call. Well, not only that too, but I think the big difference between the Jamie trashing the team and Nate trashing the team is that the team, like to when they saw Jamie do it, they had written off Jamie. They had realized they were a better team without Jamie. Yeah. But, but with Nate, they wouldn't be the team they were without Nate. So it was much harder to go against Nate. Well, and... Because yes. look how because look how quickly they accept Nate back in the end. They're the ones that kind of pressure Nate to come back. Yeah, they do. It's Colin, You're right. It's Colin and then they go to the restaurant and say, you should come back to Richmond. Because yep. I think in that sense, they couldn't be – hating Nate wouldn't work because Nate is the reason they are the team they are. He's part of the reason they are the team that they are. That's well, how I see it. And I think also that Ted Lasso has kind of gotten in all of their skins because he's so forgiving and mm-hmm. he's so kind 
that now, I mean, it's just, it's added, it's like that line from remember the Titans, right? Attitude reflects leadership. Well, if you have really good leadership, you're going to have people that exude their better qualities at all time until it's Mm -hmm. habit. And that they're just better forms of who they used to be. Season one, Richmond team never would have done that. Season three, Richmond team is a completely different team. It's an evolved Jamie Tart. It's a Roy Kent led team. You know, I mean, there are certain things that have just fundamentally changed about that team. And it's all because of Ted Lasso. So while um, Nate was a huge part of why that team is successful, I think the reason why that team is successful is because of Ted Lasso. And they have given the team the opportunity to learn about the power of forgiveness and, and, being a goldfish. I mean, that right there is being a goldfish is, is going into the cafe and saying, Nate, we want you to come back. You mentioned a Roy Kent led team, which man, I can't wait till we get coach Ken. Uh, Me too. Especially. I can't wait till he's a diamond dog. It's, I mean, (laughs) I mean, it's a, it's a couple, it's a couple episodes. Shop dressed men. (laughs) God, I hate what you've done to me. You know, I got to play it now that I know that you brought it up. (laughs) <laughs> and obviously I couldn't grow a beard otherwise coach and I here would uh, look like a ZZ top cover man would have been called sharp dressed men Ooh, that's nice god I hate what you fucking done to me <laughs> remember what you said to me your goatee makes it look like you ate out Bigfoot's butthole that's right aka Asquatch you're all fucked I can stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's I think it's one or two I think it's like Two or three episodes into season two that Roy finally decides to come in and, and coach. Well, first uh, we it, have to see him be a commentator. <laughs> first yes. we have to see that disaster. Yeah, we got to see him join the Sky One commentary team. Because right. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. I really do enjoy that a lot. <laughs> I do too. It's it's peak Roy Kent. I mean, so it's it's, yeah. it's beautiful to watch. Um. I think that's, that's all I have. A, yeah, that's all I have. I really have for spoilers as well. Uh, so that brings us back. Welcome back to everybody else for some of our favorite quotes from the episode. Uh, and I'll kick it off with one right from the beginning of the episode. Uh, I present to you this whistle, but it is sad. Do you know why? Because it has never been blown. <laughs> is that the same reason Colin said? <laughs> oh, and that's total dig from Nate. <laughs> Do you see Colin's face? Yeah. Yeah. It's a total dig from Nate and a big reversal because Nate Colin used to be one of the ones picking on Nate. Right. Right. Oh, that is true. And Nate now has the confidence to just throw him right back at Colin. Yep. So, I mean, and I don't think there's any ill will towards it. I think he's just having fun. Maybe not. I mean, who, who knows? Right, 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 right. We'll see. Uh, what about you? Any quotes from, from your end? Um, well, we have the, uh, I'm, I'm looking through the transcript right now and, and I'm looking at, um, here comes Lasso's assistant coach to review their tactics. What chess moves do they have in store? When the vinegar was next to the Heineken, they weren't offside. It's not when the vinegar catches the ball. It's when ketchup passes the ball. Ah, yes, I understand now. (laughs) Well, well, because, and then the line that preceded that was, oh, come on. How is that offsides? No, No, I'm serious. I don't understand yet. How How is is that that offsides? Well, because and then we get a little bit later on in the game, too, when they're doing the lasso special and Sam is running up the ball 
and they're getting ready to pass to Danny. And he's like, Danny's inside. And Ted's like, yeah, he is. Because he knows the rule now. Right, like, right, he, right. He knows that he's on side. He's like, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. He knows that he's inside now. He knows that he's not off sides. So it'll work. I don't want to hear about any other game going on at any other place. Okay. <laughs> Look, we're not playing for a tie. Ain't nobody here going to kiss kiss their sister. What? Which is an American phrase that I am now realizing does not exist here. And that's good because it's creepy and I hate it myself. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> I think it's just the adrenaline, the nerves and all that. Um, I love during the locker room speech at the end when he says Roy chased down his grandson. Oh, Cause yeah. Because <laughs> Jamie's been calling him grandpa the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but even that makes Roy laugh. Like, even though it's, he's his, he's done, like he's spent, that, that still makes him laugh. Yeah. It's weird that Jamie doesn't check on him. That Jamie doesn't check on him? Well, you know, I mean, because there still is a little bit of good in Jamie. I mean, it's 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 a little bit, you know. It's not much, but it's kind of there. And did you kind of going back to that scene for a little bit too? I didn't think about this till now. Do you did you notice how Jamie is kind of thrown by the fact that the audience is backing Roy? Yes. Like he's kind of looking around like what is going on? Yeah. And that's a stark realization for Jamie too, to realize that like he might be slow, he might be old, but he's loved. Right. He is. I mean, it's any legendary player that's going to end their career. You, you applaud that career. You applaud that player that has given you so many years of, of heightened emotions, whether they're positive or negative, like you feel like you've gone through their career with them. And that is a tip of the cap. And and the British do it very well. They're very good at, at respect and yeah. politeness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the uh, some of the other lines I have, we've already mentioned. Like we have the- tea. No, tea and I are on a lifelong hiatus. Yeah. I'll take a little <laughs> water though, please. <laughs> then he ends up spitting the water bubbles. in Rebecca's Did face. I get you? <laughs> We just see Rebecca's soaked face. And I really like it. Leslie, is that your first name? It was my mother's name. I'm what's known as a feminine junior. <laughs> I think the only other line I have is uh, when Ted, Beard, and Nate are at Ted's place and Ted kind of runs off to get the believe sign. Like Beard just nonchalantly says, quick question, are those the only clothes you own? And Nate's like, what, this? No, I've got three of them. <laughs> So ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. It you know what? It's just all good. Yeah. I think that's all I have for quotes though on my end. At least yeah. not of ones that we haven't already mentioned. Yeah, no. It's just uh let me introduce you to another Nelson right here. I think you two <laughs> will hit it off just fine because you're both so damn pessimistic. Bam, bam, bam. Sorry, Miss Shipley. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's trying to call us a bunch of negative Nellies. I sense you're carrying around something today besides biscuits. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's good. So then that takes us into the feedback section in which we got some. Uh, we have, of course, uh, a feedback a feedback from Facebook. We have an email from somebody special in particular. Who? Uh, I, I don't know. Guy mm-hmm. by the last name is yours. I don't know who that is. What? 
Uh, and then we have, of course, our feedback from our friend Steve Brown. So uh, you have the Facebook and the email. So why don't you kick it off with those? Okay. Well, I'm going to start off with um, this one from somebody named David Halberg. Weird. <laughs> He says, greetings. I've been meaning to leave feedback for a while, mm -hmm, and I figured I'd have to do it for the season one finale. This is a fantastic episode. They say the episode title three times, The Hope That Kills You. I believe that's very important because they give us hope until the very end. Brutal ending of a game. I appreciate the way they showed Jamie receiving Ted's note on the bus. Give us a glimpse into the future. Love the way Roy goes out, leaving it all out on the field. Not many athletes go out in a positive or memorable way. Last note, I can't wait to try Ben's Thanksgiving mac and cheese. <laughs> Not all of us dislike homemade mac and cheese. <laughs> 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 when I got the email and the email came over, that was the only line I read. And I was like, yup, that's, that's perfect. So Dave, oh, yeah. we, will, we will enjoy my homemade mac and cheese together. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> the next one comes from Lindsay Schlicht. Hi, Lindsay. Cute way to tell Nate he was promoted. But once again, I feel like we saw a little snippet of his mean side. Or maybe I'm biased. I am not a Nate fan. Wow. Higgins has a son named Lindsay. That's new. I love the way... I love that Roy prevented Jamie from scoring, but it's sad to think that he possibly sacrificed the rest of his career for that one move. I did love that he got to go out in a blaze of glory with the crowd cheering him on. I love that Keely just ignores him telling her to leave. She's such a good person. The writing on the show is so amazing. We are supposed to be devastated by Richmond's last minute loss and we are but also to see that growth in jamie to make that extra pass almost makes it worth it a show that can break your heart and make you so proud at the same time is hard to come by fantastic finale to an amazing season i still can't believe i can love a show about sports this much <laughs> thank you to everybody that was wonderful i do tell people and i've told people this before because like I've tried turning people onto Ted Lasso so many times, so many yeah. different people. And I've had people say like, Oh, I'm not a soccer fan. I'm not a football fan. I'm like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's more about the people than the sport itself. Mm -hmm. And, and then I've had some of those people actually turn and watch it and say like, yeah, like this show is amazing. It is. It's a very good show. Very, very so. good. Uh, but that of course leaves us with feedback from our friend, Steve Brown, which we will play that now. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and I can't believe I almost let this week get away from me. Uh, it's Thursday, and I'm recording this uh, for the uh, season one finale of Ted Lasso. I can't believe I totally forgot about this this party here, this promotion for Nate. It's just so great. <laughs> we walk into the middle of this conversation between uh, Ted and, and Beard about Jock Itch. <laughs> this is why it's hard to love you. I hope this one doesn't go long, but man, it's so good. Oh, May just said the title of the episode, It's the Hope That Kills You, Mic Drop. And Ted, just so subtle, he used the feminine gender for God. She wouldn't have done whatever he just said. Jump by Ted and he hits the door. Was that Jason Sudeikis or did they have a stuntman do that? I love how Roy is the one that answers the door when he texted Keely about wanting to, in quotes, talk. Jamie <laughs> dodges the key that Roy locks his lips with. <laughs> oh, there it is again. The news announcer just said, the hope that kills you, might drop. And the Higgins family tree mystery just gets deeper when you have a child out of wedlock and lets them explore. His oldest is a priest. And Ted just said it again. Man, mics are dropping everywhere. It's the hope that kills you, might drop. 
significance to why Isaac skipped eight. I don't know what why that is. Oh, we get the Roy Kent chant. I love it. I don't understand this scoring or anything. I probably know less about soccer slash football than Ted does. I mean, because they just found out about Crystal Palace winning and now they're going to play for a tie. What? That uh, Rojas scores the goal because isn't uh, the actor, right? He actually was a footballer, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. I remember what happens though. They're all celebrating except for Beard because time's not up yet. You can see that even Rebecca is upset about this loss. Uh, I'm upset too. Why am I choked up? When Sam and Rebecca are sitting next to each other in this final uh, locker room speech, I'm still choked up. Why? Oh, oh gosh, how, how how much to comment on here real quick. Um, Jamie making the pass, Ted giving him the note and, and giving him the spotter. Army man is just great. But what's even better is Leslie uh, Higgins being a feminine, what do you say, a feminine junior. <laughs> and the spit take is great. But is this the first time we've heard Ted actually use the F word? All right, on to next season. I believe uh, we have answered all of his questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did correct me on one thing, though. It is Crystal Palace that scores 6-0, not Chelsea. I said it was. Ah. So I was wrong about that. So thank you, Steve, for, for that. Um, he did bring up the, the jock itch conversation. Forgot about that. Uh, and we didn't bring up McAdoo counting to 12 and skipping eight. On 12. <laughs> Richmond on 12. <laughs> you know what, though? That builds up the energy, I think. Because everybody's like, okay, 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 yeah. okay, you know. So I actually felt that tension building up when he was counting to 12. So maybe, you know, there's something to that. And then, uh, yeah, and then the moment when he skips eight, or it says eight, seven, eight, nine, eight, ten. Seven, nine, and the look on Ted's like, hmm? <laughs> but like, just yeah. kind of, just kind of going with it. Uh, but thank you, Steve and Lindsay and Dave and everybody who left feedback for the uh, for the episode, which we encourage you guys to do if you want to leave us feedback, whether it's on a future episode or something we've already covered. Uh, easiest way to do that, visit revisitedpod.com. There you'll find links on where to subscribe, listen, all that fun stuff. Or you can email us directly at feedback at revisitedpod.com. Um, recommendations before we get out. I know we have our Christmas ones, but is there anything other than the Christmas one? I just finished the U S and the Holocaust, the Ken Burns special. And it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Whole thing. All three episodes, six hours. Well worth your time. It's, it's especially right now. Dave didn't even, Dave, Dave mentioned last night. He goes really weird that you are watching the U S and the Holocaust right now with everything that's going on. Um, with, you know, over in uh, Gaza and with Israel and Hamas, and then also everything that's happening here with the um, the Ivy League presidents that are all, you know, being called to resign and everything like that. It's all very timely, but I didn't do that on purpose. And it's Hanukkah right now too. So it's like yeah. all of this, all of this is like converging on each other, but I did just finish watching it and it is phenomenal. Highly, highly recommend it. Well, I recommend anything Ken Burns does. Like he's just a phenomenal documentarian. But this really highlights the U.S. and the process and the journey that went into them actually even engaging in this war, um, which was and I'm and I am a huge history buff and I learned a lot in this. So I and I, I recommend it. It's heavy. It's very heavy, but it's it's worth your time. Okay, 
Fair enough. Uh, my recommendation is to anybody who is a Doctor Who fan like myself. I'm a massive Doctor Who fan. Uh, this is the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who this year, and they wrapped up the third special uh, that they've been airing for the past three weeks. The first one being the Star Beast, second one being Wild Blue Yonder, and then this last one called The Giggle, which actually had Neil Patrick Harris. Um but seeing David Tennant and Catherine Tate come back to reprise their roles has been amazing. This third special was phenomenal. The last two were great. If you're a Doctor Who fan and you haven't watched these three specials, do yourself a favor and watch them. They're just, they're so damn good. All right. Um, so much emotion, so much fun just to, uh, to watch. Uh, our holiday recommendations, since we're leading up to Christmas, what have you got for, uh, for this one? I have... Um, it is Diary of a Wimpy Kid Christmas, uh, okay. Cabin Fever. Um, I sat down and I watched it with my son last night and or yesterday morning, and I really enjoyed it. I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed it, and I actually got a little choked up even. Um, so if you have kids, um, and you're looking for something to watch with them, uh, for Christmas, that one is a really good one. Okay. Uh, interesting. I've, I didn't even know there was a Diary of a Wimpy Kid Christmas, but... Uh, Me either. <laughs> maybe I'll check that one out. Um, mine is... Uh, another is a Disney movie, but I'm, I'm going to recommend there's a Disney Christmas movie called Noel. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you haven't seen it, it is Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. And they are the daughter and son of Santa. <laughs> and it's and it's all about who is get who is going to be taking over Santa's role. Um, Nick Kringle seems the obvious choice, uh, but it's a lot of lessons that Noel, which is the main character played by Anna Kendrick, uh, it's a lot of lessons that she learns along the way and her assistance in helping. Very um, cool. Carry on the tradition. It's a very cute movie. It's rated G. Um, came out in like 2019. And I just, to anybody who doesn't know me already personally, I just have a massive celebrity crush on Anna Kendrick. Yes, you do. So, <laughs> yes, you do. of course, I watched this movie and it actually turned out to be a lot of fun and very cute. So, um, and actually, I think this is the movie that Anna and Bill started dating afterwards. Oh, um, they're not they're not together anymore, but they did date for a couple years after. I think this was the movie where they met um, okay. and started dating. And it was that, funny because were they brother and sister? They're brother and sister in the movie. So it's yeah. just like Dexter. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. With weird. Michael C. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because like as much as I have a massive crush on Anna Kendrick, I love Bill Hader. So That's when a I good heard match. when I heard they started dating, I was like, I can't be mad at that. That's a fun match. I'm yeah. sure that uh, yeah, I'm sure that was fun. I, I can't be mad at that. Yeah. So Diary of a Wimpy Kid, this Christmas Cabin Fever. It's a 2023 movie. Oh, okay. so it's recent. So, yes, yeah, brand new. Didn't know. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, the only other thing I want to make mention of before we get out of here is over on my Wilhelm podcast, I'm gearing up for a year end special and it's going to be a feedback special. I don't know if you've, any of our revisited pet people have listened to Wilhelm. Hopefully you have, cause Kristen and I do the movie swap over there. <laughs> um, and you've checked that out, but, uh, for my year end special, which is going to be posting on Christmas day, um, 
I'm asking for a lot of feedback because that's all it's going to be. It's going to be feed, listener feedback. And the feedback is very specific to Christmas in that I want to know what some of your traditions are when it comes to movies and television for Christmas. What Christmas movies do you watch every year? Which ones do you make sure to avoid? What are some of your favorites? Is there a particular time that you watch them? Like, I, I want to know what your traditions are when it comes to movies and television at Christmas time. So if you're willing, and I hope you are, uh, send me some feedback for that episode and I'll read it on that episode. Um, whether it's an email or a voicemail, either way, uh, feedback at wilhelmpodcast.com is the easiest way to do that. And I hope I, uh, I get some revisited people over there as well to leave that. You're going to get one for me. Yay. That's awesome. Um, I've gotten a couple already, but I need more to fill the episode. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully there'll, there'll be some more. Yeah. I think that's it, though, for this that's episode. That's it for Any, me. No final notes? Mm-mm. All right. So then, with that being said, as always, thank you for being a part of this journey. Thank you for listening and subscribing, all that you guys do. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys out on the pitch. Take care. Merry Christmas, babies. <laughs> <laughs>